Hello and welcome to the Giant Contraband Robot Podcast. I'm your host, Desi Robinson, and on this episode and future others, you may hear me say off the wall artist podcast or some variation. So to not get sued in the near future, I retitled the podcast. So sit back and relax and I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you. to the first inaugural episode of the Off the Wall Podcast. I'm your host, Desi Robinson, and I'm here with the Cal State Dominguez Hills Gallery Director, Andrea Stank. Right? I got it right. Good. I've been practicing all weekend to make sure I got it right, because that is the thing with me on other podcasts. If I have other people or my friends with unique last names, I always either unique um, mess up the last name or I get the last the last name perfect so I'm glad I got it on the first go so um, you have a very like um, educational based background mm-hmm. and and I've noticed it's more working with um, with students more with students um, like I want to just want to know how did you like what, what was that focus where when you wanted to just want to work with students on the on the gallery scale? Um, well, actually, I, um, up until uh, the last four or five years, I've been working with a range of audiences, mostly at museums and um, in other arts organizations. Um, and I'm really interested in bringing all kinds of people to engage with art. Um, uh, you're right, though. I before I was here, I was at Occidental College for a little while, and um, then went back to a more general um, museum education-like setting. And um, so, while I'm definitely interested in students, and I'm really interested to get to know the student body here at um, CSUDH, I'm also uh, I'm interested in bringing my skills from uh, working with a general audience to working with our student body to getting to know the audience and trying to think through what will be most interesting and dynamic for um, our student community and not just the student community but our students and the community at large here. Because I know I read um, an article that you use an accidental Occidental, that you got a predator drone. Mm-hmm. Um, was that hard to come by, or was, even though it was a replica, was it still hard to come by? Well, the artist that I was working with made built the drone. Okay. They had it um, built from uh, architectural foam and a steel substrate, so um, they uh, they took you know open source plans and built the drone to scale 
and which was I think the wingspan is um, 26 feet if I'm not mistaken this is big and um, then they we worked with um, both security on campus and the fire marshal to make sure that it was going to be safe as a temporary installation and then after that uh, the community was invited to come and was sort of we talked about it as though it was a barn raising to finish it by applying architectural mud which is what we think of as adobe um, but you know sort of representing what um, homes the you know uh, uh, lower class poverty stricken people um, in places like Afghanistan uh, and um, uh, Pakistan, how how their home, you know, what their homes would be made from, okay. and um, so that's how the the drone was finished that way. That wasn't your question, though. Was is was it hard to get it there? Um, no, it was you know really the imagination of the artists and um, then working with the campus to you know various different departments is on campus to you know sort of walk through what we were going to be doing and how long it was going to be up and so on and so forth so no not hard just tenacity um are you yourself um or like do you create yourself besides working with other artists um i'd like to think i take pretty good vacation photos but really i think you know i'm much better at supporting other people in their making because I know I just uh, around and read um, your bio. Mm -hmm. You're ready for this. Um, so you grew up in a more of a community, or like an artistic community. Mm -hmm. um, so that means your like your parents or your mother is um, more. Of My an mom's an artist, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, she went back to school to get her MFA when we were small, when we were seven and eight, and at Otis and. Um, so we grew up, uh, you know, her friends were obviously artists and we grew up around that. Um, so it was sort of an easy slide for me <laughs> into working in the art world. So you, uh, so you are LA based. Because okay. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. okay. um, I know most artists, sorry, mm -hmm. most artists are, um, that I've met normally are outside of California. So they normally bring their outside perspective into a California space. Have you um, normally see like the juxtaposition of California artists to outside artists through the years working through Mocha, Oxy Arts? Um, like um, for me, you have South LA artists, where it's mainly rich in Mexican American tradition. Mm -hmm. um, South Central LA is the mixture of African American and Hispanic art mixtures mixed in in Polynesian. Art, and then when you have anyone outside of California coming in, it's their perception of art coming in. You ever like to see that juxtaposition? Um, I I feel like I try to let's uh, hmm. Um. I'm gonna stump you, but I was no, 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 no. I'm, I'm I'm thinking about what you're saying, and you know I've had the opportunity to work for some bigger arts organizations, museums, so on and so forth. So um, I've worked with artists both local 
and on an international scale. And I think, uh, you know, and, and growing up, as you said, I'm, I'm from here and have known artists my whole life. So I don't know that I think, you know, when I think about art making here, I think about it usually um, as it exists in the art market in comparison to someplace like New York or Berlin or London um, and I think you know one of the great things about Los Angeles in terms of art making is there's a great community here and um, incredibly diverse and that it's a city that's more about the making of art rather than the selling of art which you know is one of the reasons that I've stayed here one of the reasons I wanted to be in dialogue here because you know, I, I'm very interested in supporting the making and seeing how that evolves. Um, I also think that the diversity that we have in Los Angeles, uh, especially, you know, as you expand out from just the city of LA, is super interesting and I think, you know, is only beginning to be explored. Um, and I, I like, for me coming here, I feel like there's a huge opportunity for me to learn about a lot of artists that I have, I, I don't know as well. Um, you know, if you look at um, what happened in Los Angeles last year with Pacific Standard Time, um, uh, you know, the Getty supported these exhibitions all around town about Los Angeles and Latin America, and uh, you know, we really got to see a wide range of um, art, art making, historical periods, what being quote unquote Latin American is, yeah. and um, and also that in dialogue with Latino, Latina, Latinx artists based here in Southern California, Chicano artists, and um, you know whose families have been here longer than my family has been here, which is a long time. Um, and I think that there's an interesting, um, you know, that dialogue to me is super interesting. And um, I, I like that, again, the Getty has, in the last week, two weeks, announced that they're doing this major African-American initiative, which hopefully will bring the same kind of attention to African-American artists as they have with Latino artists. Um, but then on a much more local scale, I, I think what you're talking about is accurate and it's an interesting, the populations are really interesting. Um, and, you know, hopefully with the college's praxis program that Devin started and the artists with whom he's been working and that we will be working with, we'll get to reflect some of that really like hyper local population. Yeah, I had a, a few conversations with um, different artists of different races, and they feel they're not represented in either museums, or they feel one race is being more represented more than the other. And you feel it's the fact that, I guess, to me, I feel everyone's being represented appropriately, because I am in the, I can say, I'm like, I'm in the space because I see it every day. I get invites to openings, gallery openings, museum openings. I see everyone get up. Um, there, I would say they're just due. Um, I you feel that anyone who's not in, like, I guess, the community 
don't have the necessary, um, I guess, uh, the word I'm looking for is that access, proper access, if they was like, they don't see African, enough African-American representation or enough, well, we can say there is enough Latinx representation because we see it everywhere, but there may be someone who is not in the community that doesn't see it, you feel this is represented more, better now than it was maybe five years ago? Um, do I think it's better? Yes. Do I think there's still room for improvement? Yes. Um, you know, and I also hope very much that, um, you know, what what PST started at, with at the Getty um, and the organizations that they supported in their exhibitions, that that's only the tip of the iceberg. And similarly, I feel like, you know, hopefully with all, like, you know, many of the diverse populations here, I, I was talking with an artist last week who's doing a project at the Orange County Museum of Art um, and he's focusing on uh, Little Saigon and because it's an area that really hasn't been explored that much you know in vis-a-vis -vis artist artwork um, here in town and you know I, I think that you know there's 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 always room for more and I definitely think um, you know I, I'm hopeful because not only do I want to see more artists and artwork but I want to see a more diverse range of people coming to arts organizations our gallery here at Dominguez but also you know city county wide so, um I was gonna ask about my culture. No, I wouldn't say my culture because I'm not fueled by African American art. It's there. Is to me, I see it's there um, as as a proper representation of something that's viewed in the past that's African print and stuff like that. But I'm more in terms of nerd culture, video games and stuff of that nature, while some artists don't feel that is part of the art spectrum, would you feel that is, like, that's starting to, I see it starting to encroach into the medium of art. You think that's going to, we're going to start seeing that more maybe in MoCA or, or in any other galleries, because that is something I'm not trying to bring it to, but I'm something that's like we could maybe see one day? Um, I don't know. I mean, I am, I'm not, I, I don't know that much about video games. Yeah. I don't know that much about gaming culture. I think it's super interesting. I also feel very in the dark about it. And I feel like, you know, art is the language through which I learn a lot of things. Yeah. So I would hope that, you know, I mean, that, and that's really a generational divide. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I know there's there's also a lot of um, gendered issues around yeah. gaming culture, right. and so you know I would hope that uh, that does become something that you know arts organizations, museums are in dialogue about with um, their audiences because you know there's there's been exhibitions about different kinds of sports there's been exhibitions about you know home life work life you know i 
you know, all different kinds of subcultures and, and different elements of like our culture generally. And I would think, you know, I have no idea, you know, what who has what planned. But if you look at an art, artist like Brian Tricarton, who's taken advantage of um, YouTube culture um, and gaming culture to a certain degree, I think that those shows are starting to happen a little bit. Um, and uh, certainly an institution like Rhizome in New York, which focuses on web art, net art, I would I would imagine that they are sliding if have not already slid into you know an interest in video games. Yeah, because um, one of the artists I follow, his name is Alex Ross. Mm -hmm. He um, he said he was cl um, classically trained, mm -hmm. so he will always and life drawing. So when he draws anything. He always uses a live model for his um, comic book panels. Mm -hmm. So he'll take a picture, live, um, just draw the character, like I'll say Superman, mm -hmm. that's for one. And he always, you um, think he's um, right about following the path of going to school. While there's another artist, one of my favorite artists, Joshua Mays, is a self-taught artist who doesn't primarily does uh, murals and uses models as well. Who features like you should. This, you should learn on your own. Um, so my question, uh, for someone who's been in the, in the system, uh, and still is in the college system, you feel one is, um, should we still go to S students, go to school, or should we be self-taught, or just experience the two, learning on our own while still going to school? Well, honestly, I think, you know, there are a lot of different kinds of learners. And some people are really great in DIY situations. Some people are more experiential learners. Some people are, you know, great reading a book or whatever. Um, and I think it really depends. Um, I also am a big believer in if you know the fundamentals and you know how to, you sort of know how to take them on, you also then know how to bend them and manipulate them to create the most effective work possible. Um, and then on top of that, I also think that there's, how should I say this? You know, if you want to be part of a larger art dialogue, you know, to be able to sort of talk about painting or photography or whatever the medium is, to engage with, um, what the history of those mediums are, how they've been used, and then really, then you can really start to manipulate them. I think that's pretty interesting. And you know, you look at an artist like Saul Lewitt or um, Robert Smithson and what they've done with sculpture and installation, or somebody that's probably more relevant now because he's still alive and actively working would be somebody like Kahende Wildy, whose work is, you know, super interesting, you know, that guy knows how to paint, and he obviously knows how to paint well enough that he could create perspective in any one of his paintings, but, you know, every painting you look at, it's only the surface, it's really super flat, and that's pretty, you know, and, and that he's incorporating you know, the idea of decorative patterns with the portraits that he's doing. It's pretty interesting 
way that he's talking about the different figures that he's creating, that he's, you know, breathing life into. So, I, you know, I think it depends from person to person, and I'm never going to tell somebody, you know, what the right thing is for them, although I guess that's not totally true. I, I, I want to, you know, I like to try to support um, students and emerging artists in ways that are, um, that I think would be most valuable to them. Um, you know, sometimes it seems like going to grad school right after school is the perfect right thing to do. Sometimes, you know, I waited five years to go to grad school. I needed some time to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, and I think that there's, you know, each person has to sort of chart their own path. And, and the great thing about a place like this is that you've got a ton of professionals that can support you in doing that. Um, and you're also in a city that has amazing resources for artwork. So if you aren't in school or for for some reason can't be in school, I have um, a friend that I've made over the years that we became friends because he used to come to all the programming that I did for the institutions that I was working for. And not only was he at the institutions where I was doing programming, but I used when I would go to programming other places, I would see him there. And he was at a point in his life where he was considering going back to school and he sort of used all of this institutional programming at the various museums and arts organizations as um, you know this great seminar about mostly about contemporary art that you know m made him think through some ideas and issues of how he wanted to um, what direction he wanted to go in and then you know he eventually went back to school and I think now he's interested in going to get a master's degree. That's cool. Mm -hmm. um, so stick on the school, um, the theme of school, what made you, what led you want to lead this path, um, pretty much in a way helping this person out, mm -hmm. what made you want the path you want to help in a way students like myself? Oh, I'm like, I feel so lucky to be here. I feel like this is such a great opportunity. I'm excited to use the gallery as a lab like the sciences do to really experiment and do weird stuff and bring in artists that will expose you guys as students to a whole range of different kinds of artwork different media different styles different um sort of political bends and um I also, you know, I, I like what a college campus can foment. I like that there's, that this is a place of learning and, you know, to create a community here, I think will be really exciting. And yeah, I just, I just see a world of possibility. I, um, you know, there's, there's various programs on campus that I think really lend themselves towards really engaged learning and creating community around that. I love seeing that the art club hangs out together when they're not like, you know, when they're not having meetings. I, I, I just think that there's, um, 
a great amount of opportunity here um, for somebody in my role and I want to take advantage of that and really you know get my hands dirty and see what'll be fun for the students and you know interesting for the community at large do you have any um, ideas what you want to do if you don't mind sharing that well I can tell you what we have planned for the rest of the academic year um, in a couple of weeks we'll open a show called uncommon materials um, that Jim Cavell the chair of the department is curating along with the um, retired uh, gallery director Kathy Zimmer um, it's sculpture by Aubrey ah, Gary <laughs> Noland um, Ann Weber and Aubrey Ingmar man um, that's her last name right Mason Manson Aubrey Ingmar Manson um, and uh, um, that's a sculpture show that will run from now from October 24th which is the opening 5.30 to 8.30 to all your friends yeah. <laughs> um, and that'll run through the end of the semester and those will be large sculptural objects um, which I th that are made from m materials like everyday materials cardboard paper napkins um, the detritus of life um, so I think that'll be pretty fun and interesting um, and then in the spring, we will, uh, we have Yoshi Sakai here as um, the next Praxis artist. And uh, Yoshi, Yoshi has a video practice that um, will be on display beginning in January. She's going to work with the students. Starting in the next couple of weeks, she'll work with, a, with several groups of students, both um, college and uh, local high school. And so she has a project called Coco's House. Coco's, she has a character called Coco that she works with, that is she's creating this sort of soap opera of having, she grew up in Gardena and so this is her sort of soap opera of, of her life and Japanese American um, community down here. And, um, so she'll that show starts in January, um, and we'll go into the spring. Then we'll have the um, design students showcase. Then we will have the art students exhibition, and then at the end of the semester we will have our next Praxis artist, Alan Nakagawa, who is working with. Um, the archive at the library um, he's working with the Japanese American um, archive the Neomia uh, archive and he is um, that show will be on view from sometime in May through into next fall into September of next year so That'll keep us busy. Yeah, that's that's pretty, <laughs> pretty stacked uh, for the semester and the uh -huh. next. Um, I know I'm with the art collective myself. Mm -hmm. We were working on an art walk. Mm -hmm. um, you think that'll be something that you'd be able to like the help out or? Of course. Because I know it was the it's just in the planning stages. Um, I believe you've been to you've been to an art walk. Of course. Saying. 
and my my way of thinking for our walk is maybe using different classrooms for different sections of for very video art, um, painting, sculptures, and then maybe different rooms for maybe music. Um, just incorporating the students or the you know, outside artists like the ones we're currently going to have as we're going forward. Um, how do you think? Um, students are themselves are trying to think how to structure as. Yeah, the gallery director yourself. So how do you think we'll be able to structure? Oh, that's a big structure. question. I, um, I don't. I I don't know. I I think you guys are going to have to work together to. Um, Hypothetically, how would you? Structure? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I mean, what you're said, talking about sounds like more like an open house than an art walk per se. Um, and I think uh, it sounds like that might be a great idea. Um, I guess my question back to you would be, if you're going to group things by medium, would you have it be like little micro shows? Or, you know, how, how are you grouping the artists together? And if you're putting the musicians in their own space, is it disparate musicians or are they working together or I mean I think there's a lot of questions there and, and it would really depend you know how also how many artists are going to be involved and um, you know I mean that sounds like a planning meeting I don't know if that's <laughs> that's that's, the, um, that's it was, it's only in the um, discussion stages uh -huh. and um, that's why we're still, we're all still talking about it mm -hmm. And I think that's the I think that's the beauty about our collective is just come out with these thoughts and new discussions and just planning like that was just my idea. Mm -hmm. One student had where it's a, all of the as a whole campus um, way of doing things like on the court hall is one section. The walkway can be nothing but food um, from here to the next section. Whereas another group of artists, there's a koi. It's, um, it's just a painting. It's a koi pond. Um, there's another group of artists could be in that section, just really using encompassing the, um, the campus as like, like just like a, like a block, and mm -hmm. just different sections. And that was his idea, and I was like, that's that's a lot. But I'm I'm more thinking logistical, maybe people with disabilities. Like now, like we want to walk around, we want to keep a localized area. Um, when I go to our walk. If I see oh no more galleries in a single row, and there's food trucks in a single row, I'm going to stay in this single block as opposed to going several blocks down just for something that I'm not probably interested in. Now, unless this was. Um, but what if the best show ever was in like three blocks away? Oh, I'd have done that. There was. Um, it <laughs> you was might a, miss the best thing. And um, I almost did. My friend convinced me this past summer to go. There was a show. It was it was a very interesting show. It was uh, it dealt with um, sex, body parts, and it was just it was a visual and painting piece all mm -hmm. in one. And it was just I was like it's very interesting because incorporating painting and the photos all in one. And I'm just like I have not seen a person incorporate photos and paintings at them as their piece. So I was like it energized my. Um, what I was going to do for my pieces this coming semester. 
in terms of color palettes and stuff like that. Instead of, instead of just the aspect of photography for myself. Um, a few more minutes. I mean, I also think that it would be great for all of you to get your work out campus-wide, you know, so as many people as possible can see the work, can know about what you're doing, can get interested, you know, in uh, the art community here. I was, um, I'm teaching Art 100 this semester, and I brought the students down to the gallery to see the faculty show, and several of the students didn't know we had a gallery, so, you know, there's a little bit of a hill to climb there, Obviously, I'm climbing it in my way, and I would, you know, I would encourage you guys to do that as well. And, um, you know, whatever way you guys can put your best face forward. I will always suggest, and I think that's, that's most telling, because I didn't know my first semester we had a gallery. And I think learning that, well, knowing that every semester, we should have a, camp, uh, a gallery tour, not a gallery tour, um, workforce design and art major students just tour them around the area we're like let them know this is a studio this is the photography studio this gallery let them know what we have what projects or anything we um, have coming up for the semester for them um, resources that they have as well because I think as artists because um, I didn't know a lot that we have coming in and that was another thing was last semester and my beginning semester was it was always driven on by Devin or Jim show your art outside of school because you, you know, you're getting critique from your fellow students but you need to know what other people think outside of school mm -hmm. and I, um, I do know we have um, um, it's more mainly for the seniors um, it's the uh, art the art summit it's, it's like a it's like a class, but it's like for the whole semester kind of thing. But I feel students, beginning students as well, need that class as well. Like, it's a professional art practice class. But I think it should be open for all students. So they should know if they want to continue on down this path, like the resources of where they, like some students don't know. Like I know there's one right now, she don't know what she wants to do when she's, she has her bachelor's. She just thinks, I got my art degree, I can do whatever I want, and I'm telling her, like, ooh, you should go for your master's, and you have a wide variety of options, and I'm showing her you can go for animation, you can go wherever you want, it's just, when you go for your bachelor's, it's just, it's just another piece of paper, and I feel a class, an extra class should just have that. I'm, I'm just <laughs> Is there a question? Uh, the, so the questions, so, sorry, for the long drawn out uh -huh. rant. Um, you think we should have an extra um, a class for beginning, for beginning and sophomore students, getting them prepared for anything that they want to maybe do further along their art, um, art career? Sure. Um, I also know that um, my academic colleagues have you guys really planned out and they they've thought this all through um, in terms of how you get from point A to point B in terms of your career uh, well your career here and 
Um, there are also really great resources here. I'm very much, one of the things that I'm trying to do here is develop a, an effective internship program for the students and, um, you know, some hands-on learning both uh, for the studio students and art history and design, of course. Um, although I know they already have, Michelle's a great advocate for them and there's already um, great opportunities in place for the design students. So I feel like, um, you know, yes, exposure to um, what the possibilities are, what jobs are in the art world. Um, I'm hoping to be able to evolve a series around that, a class around that, and um, I, you know, I also think that in the meantime, those of you that are really interested should be engaging with your faculty members in terms of that, and they're right, you should be getting out and seeing and doing, and, you know, just being out there, and there's, there's, um, a, a lot to learn just by showing up, just by going to gallery exhibitions, just by going to museum exhibitions. But, you know, brought back to hit campus, yes, I think that there's um, some real professionalization opportunities and hopefully we'll be able to implement some ideas around that. All right, so the last question, I'll try to make it a little more fun for mm -hmm. everyone I always interview. Um, and I got this from my favorite interviewer. Um, the question is, what professional, other than what you have currently, would you like to attempt? Who's your Who's your favorite interviewer? <laughs> okay, never mind. I forgot. I, I didn't write, <laughs> write down his name, and I'm super nervous because I normally interview my friends. Uh huh. And oh, don't be nervous. So um, you're really the first uh, professional. <laughs> um, what would I be if I wasn't what I am? Um, I don't really know. I mean, I think about that a lot, and um, I love what I do, so I want to do what I do. Um, I also, what else would I do? I might pursue a photography career, I might pursue a jewelry making career, I might, I've often, I'm completely, completely in love with all the science around space, so who knows, there, I, you know, another me might be working at JPL right now. Um, I'm also incredibly interested in art conservation, so another me might be like sitting there quietly making little fine dots on something. Um, but but I'm much more interested in the science of conservation rather than, than the sort of actual making of con conservation. So I would imagine that there it would be something in the scientific field because I think science is equally as creative as art and in sometimes more so that, you know, the, the places where your imagination can go or just wild so you know but yeah probably space thank you and the interviewer's name is james lipton oh, right oh right <laughs> that guy i was not looking <laughs> so sure thank you for taking this time and um having me interview you thank you um so this is the off the wall podcast on the next episode we're going to try to hold down Devin suno <laughs> who's always busy he is so Thank you for listening and have a good day.